Hello and welcome to A History of Hannibal. Episode 29, Opportunity Knocks. We are back. It's been a while since we've had a run of episodes, but I am finished with breaks for the moment. Exams are over and went quite well. Thank you everybody who wished me luck. I really, really appreciate it. I'm more than ready to return to Hannibal, so let's just get into it. It is 217 BC. The Romans have appointed a dictator, Fabius, with Minucius as his master of horse. Fabius was not an aggressive general, as Sempronius and Flaminius had been. He was defensive. This was exactly what the Romans needed to counter Hannibal. Hannibal had been able to pick off Roman legions as he wished. He could set a trap and just wait for the Romans to stroll to their deaths, as they had at the Trebia and at Lake Trasimene. Fabius didn't fall into traps. He made comprehensive reconnaissance. He didn't go into a battle where Hannibal had picked the site. He kept his force together, only sending out small foraging parties. The two people most infuriated by these tactics were his master of horse, Minucius, and the Carthaginian general himself. Minucius thought such tactics were cowardly, and felt he could do a much better job, as most people do. Almost any Englishman will tell you, around World Cup time, exactly how England can win it. Every Tom, Dick and Harry has all the answers, and knows exactly whatever the poor soul who is the England manager has to do. That being said, who on earth brings on Heskey in the 71st minute when losing 4-1 to Germany, when you could choose Peter Crouch instead? But I digress. Hannibal was the other infuriated personality. He was infuriated as he failed to tempt Fabius into a rash battle. He tried raiding settlements, trying to provoke the Romans, but Fabius was strong. He wouldn't throw away his army. Frustrated, Hannibal decided to move west into the rich land of Campania. This is where we rejoin the action. The journey was not without incident. Hannibal asked guides to take him to Cassinum, but as he struggled to pronounce Latin words, the guide thought he said Cassilinum, a town in the opposite direction. As punishment, the guide was crucified. Hannibal took advantage of the situation and raided the local towns, but they remained loyal to Rome. Minucius was, of course, furious. He issued a scathing attack on Fabius to the officers, and the majority of the troops saw things the way Minucius did. But there was no mutiny. Fabius kept a close eye on the situation. He knew his tactics were unpopular both in Rome and in the army, but he wasn't the type of man to compromise on his principles. While he was determined to follow through with this strategy, many of his officers 
thought Minucius was the one talking sense. So, when the young Lucius Hostilius Mancinus was sent out with a group of 400 horsemen to collect recon for the army, he managed to capture a few Numidian horsemen, and decided to ignore Fabius's orders to withdraw before he was spotted by the enemy. The Numidian horsemen feigned attacks and withdrawals, almost bringing Mancinus back to their camp before turning and chasing the exhausted Romans. After running for five miles, Mancinus realised that the Carthaginians were not going to give up the chase, and he turned around and fought. He, along with a good number of his men, was slaughtered, while the remnant staggered back to Fabius at Calais, about 40 kilometres northwest of Naples. This was an ideal location for Fabius to be in. He followed Hannibal as he headed to Casilinum, and then raided Valerian territory. He would need to cross through a pass on his return. Fabius thus placed his army there, trapping Hannibal. Once Hannibal returned, he camped two miles from the Romans, and moved his army into the two-mile gap the next day. Hannibal tried using his light horsemen to lure Fabius into battle, but, as always, Fabius wouldn't take the bait. The skirmish didn't go well for the Carthaginians either. They lost 800 troops, while Rome only lost 200. Hannibal was trapped. He would be forced to winter in the harsh land of Formiae and Liternum, while Fabius could draw supplies from Capua and Samnium. He could make a dash through the hills, but there was danger of an attack. Things were not looking good, or they would be were it not for one thing. Luckily for the Carthaginians, Hannibal was a genius. He attached bundles of twigs and other flammable materials to the horns of 2,000 or so oxen which had been captured. They set off silently one night, just after the sun had set, the oxen marching ahead of the main force. The twigs were then set on fire once they began to get into the hills. The poor beasts were terrified, initially by the light, but as the twigs burned, so too did their horns. They were in agony and ran all over the place. But this did not make their situation any better. It only spread the flames, setting fire to the countryside. The Roman garrison was terrified, thinking itself surrounded by the enemy. They moved up into the hills, thinking this was the safest option. They stumbled onto some of the oxen and thought this must be some sort of Carthaginian trap, something that would have been confirmed when they ran into some Carthaginian-like troops. But both sides were unwilling to fight in the darkness. As this was going on, Hannibal moved his main force through the pass to safety, taking up a new position by Alephi. Fabius had failed to do anything during the night, fearing a night battle. They could have crushed the lighter troops, which were still there, but Hannibal sent some Spanish troops to rescue them, 
which they promptly did. This would prove one of the best opportunities to destroy Hannibal's army, and Fabius had let it slip. Fabius is a highly interesting character in the war, and his actions undoubtedly saved Rome. But I don't believe he was a great general, and this incident is a perfect explanation of why. What is a great general? My definition is someone who takes the right actions at the right time. Someone who knows when they need to be defensive and cautious. Someone who knows when the time is right to be aggressive and take risks. Someone who can fight gritty battles when they need to. But someone who can be creative with brilliant strategies and ruses. Would I place Hannibal in this category? Yes. Yes, I would. But I don't believe Fabius deserves to be there. Fabius took the right action at the right time. Rome needed to be defensive, and Fabius was defensive, much to Rome's benefit. As inconsequential as it may seem, there is a huge difference between Fabius doing this because he was a defensive general, and because he knew that Rome needed to be defensive to survive. I don't think Fabius really understood Hannibal, at least by this point. He was just fighting the war his way, much like Flaminius had his. Rather than being some enlightened genius who had a true, insightful understanding of the situation, unlike the rest of his contemporaries. If you don't see why this is important, let me explain. Hannibal is a crafty character. He likes to use ambushes. He likes to trick his enemies. He likes to pull ruses. We've already seen this aplenty during our short time with him thus far. It is crucial for a general fighting Hannibal to keep an eye on what he is doing. Fabius failed to do this. He had Hannibal cornered. Is the man who led an army over the Alps in the dead of winter and through the treacherous swamps of Yarno, really going to do what you expect in this situation? No. He is going to do something unexpected. If Fabius really understood Hannibal, he should have at least considered Hannibal to be plotting a ruse. He should have kept his main force closer, and when the lights were spotted, he should have taken action. Were I in his shoes... I would have assumed that Hannibal's main force would be the one marching over the hills. I admit it, Hannibal would have fooled me. I don't think there is any shame in that. I would have then led my main force over to the lights, keeping behind a strong enough force to defend the pass until I could return, should it happen that the lights had just been a diversion. I think this is a reasonable plan, and would have worked at keeping the Carthaginians trapped. Fabius did not do this. Fabius didn't have his own plan. Fabius did nothing. The garrison was routed, and he chose not to fight. He decided he would rather let Hannibal escape than risk his army. This lets us view his mindset. 
he spent the last several months avoiding situations where Hannibal had the advantage, trying to find one where he did. He was not going to get a better opportunity to crush Hannibal than this. When opportunity knocks, you need to answer the door. This is the way I see the situation. Fabius did not want to risk a night battle in case he came off the worse. Night battles are notoriously unpredictable. He would rather allow Hannibal to escape, as this would guarantee him not losing his army, rather than try and prevent Hannibal from escaping, when, while there was a risk of defeat, the chances of victory were reasonable. When you fight a battle, there is almost always a risk of defeat. It is the same in sport, romance, business, whatever. There is always a risk of defeat. A risk you sometimes need to take. I'm not saying be reckless. Far from it. My point is that in life there are risks with everything. While you're not going to lose by not taking risks, you're not going to win either. And in war, you need to win. Fabius chose not to risk it, and so he let Hannibal escape, and the war continued for 15 more years. Fabius would have wanted to slowly defeat Hannibal, soldier by soldier if need be. Much further down the line, Rome could gamble and invade Africa. Fabius argued that Rome should focus on slowly starving Hannibal, not gambling their armies on some glory-driven campaign. Scipio, a man who understood Hannibal, argued that it was worth the risk, as when would they get a better opportunity to end the war? Were I in charge of the Roman force, I would have taken action that night. There is a possibility that I would have been defeated, and gone down with the Sempronius and Flaminius as one of the great villains in Roman history. But then, Scipio could have been defeated by Hannibal at Zama, and gone down as one of the great villains too. I'm not taking the side of Minucius. I believe Fabius was right to avoid battle with Hannibal most of the time. But we have different reasons for thinking that. I hope I've made it clear to you that there is a difference between Fabius clearly understanding the situation and Fabius being naturally defensive. And, fortuitously for Rome, she benefited from this. But it also harmed her. Perhaps a bolder general, a Scipio, would have attacked that night. He could have been successful, captured Hannibal, and begun work preparing the 216 BC invasion of Africa. Instead, Hannibal escaped, and was able to plan his own campaign, which led to the 216 BC massacre at Cannae. Before I wrap up the show by telling you where you can find us online, I have a few announcements I'd like to make. Firstly, with regards to next week, I'm planning to have a muse on what would have happened had Carthage won the Punic Wars. I'd very much like it if you could send me your thoughts on the subject. If I like it, yours may just get a mention on the show. Also, I've had a pretty big shake-up behind the scenes 
over the last two weeks, I've decided to cancel the Amazon adverts. They haven't been the most successful scheme of mine, and I'm replacing them with something else. I am very excited to announce the The History of Podcast Store. Yes, you heard me. The The History of Podcast Store. You can go there and buy merchandise for the podcast. How cool is that? It's quite basic at the moment, but I will be adding more products to it as we go forward. I'll keep you updated when new things come out. The main thing on there are t-shirts. You can get ones with the podcast's logo on, as well as other history delights. If, as you are there listening to the podcast, you're rooting for Hannibal, you can buy our Keep Calm and Kill Romans shirts. Or, if you're a Rome sort of person, you can get Keep Calm and Raise More Legions. If you loved the Let's Talk episode, you can buy a I Am Rome History shirt. These are just a few of the ways you can enrich your life at the The History of Podcast store. By now I'm sure I've got you all hooked, and you must be wondering where this store is. There are three ways to get there. There is a link on the website. You can't miss it. It's part of a big shake-up which also includes recommendations for books and recommendations for podcasts. There is also an app on the Facebook page, so you can buy the stuff without having to leave Facebook. Or you can just go there directly. The History of Podcast .spreadshirt.co.uk That again, go to thehistoryofpodcast.spreadshirt.co.uk Remember all the other cool places you can visit us online. thehistoryofpodcast.blogspot.com facebook.com forward slash thehistoryofpodcast twitter.com forward slash thehistoryofpod youtube.com forward slash the history of podcast the history of podcast at gmail.com and the history podcasts facebook group remember that is a facebook group not a facebook page i believe that is just about everything so i'll see you next week thanks for listening <laughs>